listening to this week's message from Freedom Church. For more info on Freedom, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening. We're in this series called Christmas at Freedom, and it's an opportunity for you to hear from some different voices. And, you know, we've been kind of deep diving the last few months with some series, and so we're kind of coming up for air and talking about some excitement, some joy, some encouragement. And so um, why don't you welcome Pastor Deborah today as she encourages us. Come on, y'all. Amen. Oh, it's on. Yes. Amen. I'm so excited. He's back there telling us about the, the property and how faithful God is. And I get all weepy. Y'all ever get weepy? God is so faithful, man, so faithful. I was at a uh, wedding last night of a friend, and um, she was talking about how she was single for 20 years. And I remember she had come out of a lifestyle that wasn't lined up with God, and she was believing that God would send her a husband. God would send me a husband. And we had a lot of heartfelt talks, and we had a lot of cries together because I had been just newly divorced. My husband had walked out. and So we were crying together, believing God for our husbands, godly husbands. You know, Jason said that God is faithful. If you're faithful, God will be faithful to you. If you're doing what he's asking you to do, he's going to fulfill it in his timing, not our timing. Maybe it took her 20 years Maybe it, wasn't, maybe it was for her to be, uh, go through experiences so that she could be a wife. Or maybe it was for her husband to go through his experiences so he could be her husband. And I believe that Pastor Jason has had to endure these seasons as lead pastor in us growing and expanding because of what is coming beyond yeah. the obtaining the property and moving in and getting the facility ready. There's much more to come, y'all. Yeah. Much more. It's going to require a lot more faith. And uh, I'm just, y'all, I want to cry. But we're good, because today we're talking about joy. Yay! Joy, joy in the Lord. We hear joy, um, well, my camera's on. We hear joy all the time around Christmas time, right? You hear it a lot. Oh, it's the joy of the season. If we get down to the, the brass tacks, there's really not much joy in this season according to our world, because we're running here, we're running there. Thank God Amazon's come along because we don't have to run too much, and we just order it online and sit back with our pajamas and our heart cocoa and wait for Amazon to deliver. They can do the running around, amen? Y'all remember we used to do the walking, let your fingers do the walking? Now we just let Amazon do the walking, amen? We're going to talk about joy. Pastor Tony did a great job. Uh, Mr. Grinch did a great job last Sunday. Uh, We just kind of messed with him a little bit. Um, but I want to take a different route on joy today. Um, we're going to talk about three different aspects of joy. And so uh, the first that I want to tackle is what is joy? What is joy? You hear it a lot, but do you really know what joy is? Joy is defined as an emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing one's desires. It's a delight. It's expression or... Um, It's an expression of emotion. Joy is found 165 times in the Bible in 155 verses. So that means joy's doubled up on some of those. Double your joy. 
Happiness is defined as pretty much the same thing. It's a state of well-being, a pleasurable or satisfying experience. A definition of the word rejoice related to the word joy is to feel a great delight, to be glad. So depending on the translation, the Bible uses the words happy and happiness about 30 times, while joy and rejoice appear over 300 times. There's a big difference. But what is the difference? What is the difference in joy and happiness? The great Christian debate. What is the joy between happiness and joy? Well, happiness is this. Typically, we hear uh, when people speak about it, they speak about these four points. They bring up these four points for you. Number one is that happiness is a feeling, but joy is not. Happiness is fleeting, but joy is everlasting. Happiness depends on circumstances or other people, but joy is a gift from God. Happiness is worldly, but joy is divine. If a person is joyful, then a person is happy. There's no such thing as gloomy joy. Y'all know anybody who's gloomy and they're still joyful? No, you don't. James 1 and 2 says, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials and the testing of your faith that produces endurance. Here's why this is important. So, for example, a long-distance runner has to build up their stamina or endurance before running a marathon, right? You just don't say, like, hey, I'm going to go run a marathon and get out there because I might make it a quarter of a mile sucking eggs. You know what I'm talking about? Got that pain happening. Can't handle it. So... As they progress through their training, they have to test their limits to see how far they can go. Your faith and joy are tested with each stage of your growth in Christ. So these verses go on to say, Let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So you know what that tells me? That tells me that my faith, that my joy, are always being tested. How far can you go here? How far can you go there? Do you have faith that God's going to give you a paycheck? Do you have faith that God's going to provide food for your family? Do you have faith that God's going to heal you? Do you have faith that God is going to provide funds for almost a $2 million property? As you grow, your faith increases. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. The more that you go through life, the more is required of you. Well, I thought I just had to get to here. No. We don't live and die into ourselves. You have people who are watching you. They are gleaning off your experiences in Christ. They are growing and rejoicing off of you. They're learning from you. They may never read the Bible, but they're going to read your life very closely. Christians can be happy even in the midst of difficulties, but that takes mature Christianity Mature Christianity and unwavering joy. The title of my sermon is Unwavering Joy. We may not be able to do all that immediately, immediately when life hits. We should get to the point as soon as we are able to. As soon as we're able to catch our breath. Because as we persevere through a trial, with God's help, we can dip into our reservoir of joy, thereby strengthening and maturing our faith. By God's grace, we can be happy and joyful despite our circumstances. So here it is. 
Joy is often presented as a true contentment based on faith. Happiness, however, is often thought of as a superficial emotion dependent on circumstances. There is nothing in the Bible that suggests we separate joy from happiness. In the Bible, the two are equal. Well, that's not right. It's not what I've been told because so-and-so said this, so-and-so said that. Go do your word studies. Go do your search. Of course, there are different types of joy and happiness. There's a joy that comes from the world, such as the fleeting joy of pleasures of sin. Mm, that's spoken of in, he in Hebrews 1, verse 25. There's the joy that is part of the fruit of the Spirit, which is found in Galatians 5, 22. There's temporary happiness and eternal happiness, but we all call them both happiness. Okay? <coughs> There's also a couple different joys. There's a lasting joy. Sorrow and suffering will pass, but joy continues in spite of hardships. How does that happen? Eternal joy is promised to come, and when it does, it lasts. There is satisfying joy. Unlike happiness, joy is true satisfaction. Several times in God's word describes joy as, a full, as full or complete. Joy satisfies the heart in a way that temporary happiness will never do. There is ever-present joy. Throughout the Old and New Testaments, fullness of joy is found in the presence of God. There is spirit-filled joy. No power of positive thinking can bring lasting joy. Instead, joy is, is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in us. And then there is deliberate joy. We are commanded to be glad and rejoice and shout for joy. Joy is a, a deliberate act of obedience in response to who Christ is and what he has done. All right, so here's what it boils down to. We just need to decide where our joy comes from. Where does your joy come from? Are we happy in the Lord or are we content with the happiness that comes from the world? That kind of happiness is here today and gone tomorrow. You're always trying to fill that void. It's a feeling they will never, you will never be able to obtain once you've had it the first time. It's kind of like, oh, I don't know. I know the first thing probably come to your head is like a drug or a natural high. The first time they feel that, they want to replicate that again. And so you do that again, trying to have that feeling, uh, trying to have that rush, trying to have that release maybe again. It doesn't happen because it's a fleeting moment. It's fleeting The Greek word for joy is kara, or chara. Joy is a natural reaction to the work of God, whether promised or fulfilled. Joy expresses God's kingdom, his influence on the earth. The Holy Spirit can manifest joy in several ways. There is joy of deliverance. When God sets someone free, rejoicing is in order. Free from what? How about free from depression? How about free from grief? What does your joy come from? What have you been delivered from? There is joy of salvation. Our greatest reason to be joyful is that God wants to save us and spend eternity with us. There's nothing better than this joy right here. Then there's joy of spiritual maturity. As the Holy Spirit works in us to bear more fruit, we become confident in God's promises and rejoice in our walk with him and with other believers. I'm building you all a foundation here. Okay? And then there's 
um, the joy of God's presence. The Holy Spirit draws us to God, in whose presence we can know true joy. Without the Holy Spirit, no one would seek God. The Bible says no man comes unto the Father unless the Spirit draw him. So you know why it's important to come to church? It's so important to be around others who are striving to live their best life. Because more is caught than taught. You need to get out of your house, get out of the place where you can catch a glimpse of what joy may look like. Get to that place where you're talking with one another, where you're sharing the good news, the gospel of what God is doing in your life and in their life. Maybe you can catch a glimpse of their joy because, you know what, guys? Joy is contagious. Joy is contagious. I struggle sometimes with this going back and forth between contagious joy and unwavering joy. I didn't know what I was going to title it. I wanted to call it at first contagious joy. Contagious joy. But then as I begin to study, I found out that joy is more than just something contagious that we can share with one another. Joy is part of your foundation in Christ. It should be part of your building blocks. We're going to get into this. <laughs> Laughter can be contagious. Yeah? You can hear somebody start laughing and you start giggling. Giggling, you have no idea what they're laughing about, but you're going to start giggling, right? And in your head you're like, <laughs> what are they laughing about? <laughs> you watch the videos. How many of y'all like, I know all of y'all have, you watch videos of babies laughing. Right? We love them. Jesus. Geek says, we love them. Baby starts laughing. You have no idea what made them laugh. It could have been a dog doing a trick. It could have been a parent doing something funny. They could have had gas. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what made them laugh. But they start laughing. And it's such a pure laughter that by the end of the video, you're laughing just as hard as they are. And then you watch it again. And then you start laughing all over. And then you just keep watching it over and over again, right? It's contagious. Okay, I'm going to get into that. So processing joy, well, first of all, let's go back with that contagious laughter. Why do you think it's so hard not to laugh sometimes? And here's what I'm talking about. The places that we're not supposed to laugh, perhaps, perhaps at a funeral, perhaps at a wedding, you know, where you're supposed to be solemn and, you know, everything is like professional but then someone starts laughing or does something, and everybody starts laughing. It's like hilarious how people react to that sometimes. Here's why. Let's move to number two. Number two is why is joy important? Why is joy important? I would like everyone right now to close your eyes for just a few seconds. Just close your eyes and tell me, what do you see when I say, I want you to think of someone being joyful? You didn't close your eyes. <laughs> okay, you can open your eyes. <laughs> what did you think of when I said, think of someone being joyful? What's the first thing that came to your mind? Kids. Your kids? What were they doing? Opening presents. presents. Oh, I want to come to your house. What else came to your mind? Huh? Jane Delaney. Jane Delaney. This woman's full of joy. Yes. What else? Come on, y'all. Everybody had something come to their head. Mm 
a baby being born, okay? When I thought of someone being joyful, in my head, I pictured someone laughing, someone smiling, someone just making other people feel good. You know, have you ever been around somebody and then they leave and you're like, man, I just want to be, I'm going to follow them. I just want to be in their presence because I feel good, because they're joyful, they're happy. I want what they have, okay? So here's the interesting thing. <clears throat> Being joyful and laughing goes hand in hand. There are many studies uh, on the impact of being joyful, on, on what joyful is in someone's life and in their body. Here's a, here, here, listen to this. The National Institute of Health said laughter is a normal, natural physiological response to a certain stimuli with widely acknowledged physiological benefits. However, current research is beginning to show that laughter may also have serious positive psychological effects for those who engage it on a regular basis. Well, what did you just say? Well, in short, it says, it's been proven that laughing has a positive effect on your body, your mental, and emotional state. Laugh. Let your joy come through. You just don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've been through. That's okay. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the funk that I have been in in my own life. And then Pastor Jason says, hey, let's talk. We wanted a light sermon. We wanted to be joy. I'm like, you want me to write about joy? <laughs> really? And then on top of all that, this week I've been sick. You try writing a sermon about joy when you're in a mental, spiritual funk, and then your body is sick. See how good that goes. It doesn't go well. But God is faithful, right? God is faithful. Amen. So a good laugh has short-term effects. When you start to laugh, it just doesn't lighten your load mentally. It actually induces physical changes in your body. Laughter can stimulate oxygen. Oh, did you understand that? Stimulate many organs. Laughter enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air. It stimulates your heart, your lungs, your muscles, and increases the endorphins that are released by your brain. That's why laughing is fun. It activates, or it activates and relieves your stress response. A good hard laugh fires up and then cools down your stress response. And it can increase and then decrease your heart rate and your blood pressure. The result, it gives you a good relaxing feeling. Laughter isn't just a quick pick-me-up, though it's also good over the long term. So here are some long-term effects, what laughter can do to you. It improves your immune system. Negative thoughts manifest into chemical reactions that can affect your body by bringing more stress into your system and decreasing your immunity. In contrast, positive thoughts can actually release neuropeptides that help fight stress and potentially more serious injuries. Laughter. It's a pain reliever. Put away your pain pills and just start laughing. See what the doctor says. Laughter may ease your pain by causing the body to produce its own natural painkillers. Laughing can also increase personal satisfaction. Laughter can also make it easier to cope with difficult situations. It also helps you connect with other people. See, don't laugh because you're not supposed to laugh in church. That's why it's so hard. I have a friend who laughs at very, I don't want to say inopportune times, but that's... That may or may be so, but when, de when dealt with a, uh, a very awkward situation, her first response is just to laugh. It's just to laugh. Why? Because it's a stress reliever of the moment. It gets it out of the system. 
It helps her body calm down. It helps her mind calm down. It gives us all a little chuckle, but hey, we keep going forward. So you've heard that laughter is like medicine, right? It's true because it's in Proverbs 17:22. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A joyful heart is good medicine. It's not only good medicine to you, but you can be a dispensary and give it to others as well. There are spiritual, emotional, and physical benefits of joy and laughter. Science has proven why the Bible tells us to laugh. It's good for our health. Laughter reduces stress, fights against depression and sorrow. It fosters a positive outlook on life and puts you in an all-around good mood. Laughter also lowers blood pressure and impacts cells in your body, preventing disease, diseases, and it sets you up to live a long and strong life. Laugh, y'all. I love sometimes out here in the foyer, it is so loud, and you hear people laughing, and you hear people communicating, and the joy level sometimes in the foyer is just so high. It's amazing. Have you ever noticed that when y'all come in? It's like, it's just like a hum. It's good. That's joy. <clears throat> so here, if you don't laugh enough, it'll take a toll on your body also. You must restore the joy in your life. That is your responsibility. I can't restore that for you. You have to restore your own joy. You have to find where your joy has been leaking out, stop it, and say, Lord, I just thank you that you are filling me again with joy. So I'm going to give you some scriptures on joy, okay? And the first one I found is so very interesting. It's Genesis 21, 6. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter, and all who hear this will laugh with me. So when I first read this, I'm like, wait, wait a minute. She laughed at God. And so I'm like, I have to go back and read this. So I went back and I was reading. So actually in Genesis 17, God is talking to Abraham. Abraham and God, and God are talking and, and God is telling him like, basically, look, dude, you messed up. You let your wife influence you. You have an Ishmael, but I'm telling you, your Isaac's coming. And even in that, it says in the Bible, it says um, that he fell on his face, he fell on his face, and he said to himself, How can I, being an old man and my wife being an old woman, have a baby? It says that he laughed at God. So then you move to chapter 18 and verse 3, uh, chapter 18. So there's three angels who were sent to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Y'all familiar with this? So Abraham's bickering back and forth with them, trying to make a deal. Hey, look, guys, if there's like. 50 righteous people don't destroy it. We get all down to like, well, there's 10. But in the midst of that, before they start the going back and forth, uh, the angel tells him that this time next year, your wife Sarah is going to give you a child. Well, Sarah was eavesdropping, you know, like women do. Like, we, like what's my husband talking about? <laughs> we have strangers in the land. What are y'all talking? We want to know everything, right? And so when the angel said this, she laughed. And the angel, he just like, he called her out. She got called out, just like you. She got called out. And uh, uh, they said, why have you laughed at God? She said, I didn't laugh at God. So then we jump to chapter 21, where it was the promise fulfilled that brought true joy in her life. And she laughed. And she said, all who see, all who see what God has done in my life, 
laugh and rejoice with me. We Sometimes we don't understand what God's doing, and we don't see the joy at the moment. But as time goes on and you're faithful and you see that promise fulfilled in your life, laugh and rejoice with me. Laugh and rejoice with me. Let's move on to Job. Man, if y'all know Job, Job's one of my favorite books. The guy lost everything. But yet in chapter 8, he says, He will once again fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. In Psalm 3011, it says, You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. Psalm 94, Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Let us sing power. And How many of y'all went there? Praise to the King. Okay, move on. Luke. Oh, Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. She is clothed in strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear for the future. I don't know how y'all read the Bible, but I have like a commentary that goes on in my head. So, you know, I'm reading this, and she laughs at fear for the future. I saw her go, (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Psalm 32, 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all the upright in heart. With literally hundreds more scriptures throughout the Old and New Testament, you are commanded to have joy. You are commanded to rejoice. Did you know that? Mm. So what, what if I'm not joyful? What if I'm just not happening? It's just not happening in my life. So here's, here's what we know is that some of us are being really honest with ourselves and where we are in reality. Some of us know that we're trying to live a good life. We're trying to step out and do the right thing. We're trying to understand the scripture and how it impacts us in life. You know, I say this quite often to my own self. And, it's, and it is um, Psalm 51:12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Starts in verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. And restore to me the joy of your salvation. Do you remember when you first got saved? Think about that for a moment. For some of us, maybe it was this morning. Maybe it was last week. Maybe it was yesterday. But for some of us, it's been quite a long time. How did you feel the moment that you were saved? Do you remember that feeling? Did you feel light? Did you feel joyful? It's like nothing that that, that co-worker said could get to you. She didn't get underneath your skin. He didn't say nothing that like, like, want to lay hands on him suddenly. You know, you didn't have to do all that. Because you were happy, you were joyful. Right? We call that the honeymoon period of your salvation. It's like when you first get married and you have this honeymoon period where everything's good. He's perfect. She's perfect. They say the right things. They do the right things. They're all thoughtful. Then all of a sudden you're picking up socks off the floor and you're doing this and you're... Honeymoon ends. It requires growth, right? It requires us to grow. To others, hearing that joy is not optional can make you feel condemned and feel as though it's another weight to carry. But our joylessness is not the end of the story, guys. I'm here to tell you. One infinitely powerful piece remains in the equation, and that is God is committed to your joy. He is committed to your joy. With our endless shortcomings, it's such good news to hear that God himself is committed to my everlasting joy. Our joy will not be perfect in this life. You will not always be joyful. You will have seasons where you go up and you go down. What makes a difference is how long it takes you to come back up. How deep does your, your reservoir of joy go? We will have ups and downs. We will have our angst and anxieties. Yet even here, we can sample the sweetness, especially in the suffering. First Peter 1 and 8 says, You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. This scripture this scripture right here, y'all, this is where your peace resides. Why is this so important? Because last week, Pastor Tony said that joy is a direct result of your connection with peace. He talked about joy in, in the chaos. This, even though you have not seen him, 
you trust him, right? And you rejoice. Are you rejoicing? I want to share with you, there's been two occasions in my life where I have had to tap deep into my faith. I had questioned my faith. And at the end, it brought me closer to God. Maybe that's where you're at today. The first case was my son, who at the age of six had to have open heart surgery. He had uh, a heart defect. It was called an ASD. An ASD is called an atrial septal defect. He had a hole between the top two chambers of his heart. The only way to fix it was that they they found it when he was like nine months old. They waited till he was about six so he didn't have to have a blood transfusion. So we go through the surgery. He goes through the surgery fine, didn't have any issues. A month later, he got an infection at the base of his incision. That's where the drain tubes all came out and everything. And he got an infection at the base. And so we, I'm flying down Texas Children's Hospital. And we get in there and they put him in. By this time he has uh, like a knot at the base of his sternum. And they're like, we have to take him into emergency surgery. I'm like, what? And so they take him in, they clean him out, and with they didn't know what type of infection it was, so they just kind of packed it. Uh, we ended up being in the hospital for eight weeks. He was hooked up to uh, an IV, antibiotics, 24 hours a day. His poor little veins at six-year-old, they were just kind of blowing, so they were moving up an arm, down the outside of the arm, then they would go up one side and down the other side. And what happened along the way is that Texas children couldn't find out what type of infection he had. So CDC was called. They couldn't figure out what type of infection that he had. And I knew it was a spiritual thing because what they were having to do is that when the infection would work its way up, they would come into the room. They would give him morphine, my six-year-old son. They would give him morphine. They wouldn't wait long enough for it to take full effect. Then they would cut the incision open. And then they would have to scrub it and clean it and leave it open because it had to heal from the inside out. His little sternum, it started at the base, and that infection went up his whole entire incision. Every day I was having to hold my son's arms as they were scrubbing him. And he's screaming and crying. I'm like, baby, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Then came a time when they they, uh, took him in to do a CAT scan and they found some infection underneath his sternum. And uh, the doctors, you know, they come in and say, well, we found some infection. There's a spot underneath the sternum that uh, we may have to go and remove and and, uh, go in and remove. you know, you're hearing these things as a parent, and you're like, wait a minute. Let's stop right here. What do you mean you're going to have to go in and remove it? Well, we'll have to go in and remove it. We'll have to get that infection out. Okay, let's talk about how you're going to do that. Well, we'll have to break him back open again. I was, I was shattered because as a parent... You have these ideas, I'm going to protect my child, I'm going to raise him, he's going to be good. And then you face a situation that you have no control over. I started saying, 
three things. I started saying, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I trust you. It was the only three things that I could say. I couldn't pray. I couldn't even put words together for a prayer. So I called my pastor. I'm like, look, this is what's happening. And I'm yelling. I'm screaming. Might have been some cussing in there. I ain't going to lie. I was just like letting everything out. Like, this is what's happening. I don't know what. Do something. You got to help me. And so he said, here's what we're going to do. We are going to pray that whatever this is, it's going to raise its ugly head. It's going to manifest itself and that he's going to be well, healed, whole, and done with. That following Sunday at church, we had a gentleman who was pretty prophetic. Next thing I know, my pastor is reading this. He says, Deborah, listen to this. So this guy had a vision of my son. He said, I saw Christopher laying on the hospital bed, and no one had been up there to visit him, only the pastor's. He said, I saw him laying on the hospital bed in just pajama pants, and you could tell he, had, uh, he was in pain, the grimmest look on his face. And so he said that I saw the Lord's hand come onto his chest and push through his sternum, and it was almost as if he had grabbed something. No one knew that he had an infection underneath. And the hand turned around and pulled whatever it was out, and then a smile came to Christopher's face. We began to believe in that. I began to speak that over him. This is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord is doing. Lord, you're doing this. I thank you. So they went back and did another CAT scan. The spot was getting smaller, and it got smaller, and they didn't have to go back in. The second time, my faith was tested very deeply. was while my daughter was in her drug uh, addiction years if you have a child on drugs you stay praying for that child there was times I didn't know where she was there was times I didn't know if she was alive there was times where she was completely angry at me didn't want anything to do with me I hate you I hate that you're my mother Lord Jesus I believe in you Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I trust you. Whatever it takes, God, set her free. Whatever it takes. It took almost nine years. But the promise fulfilled, my daughter, is drug-free. Amen. Amen. Rejoice with me that my daughter is free. So there were three things that I had to say. What are you saying when you don't know what to do. I had to say, Jesus, I believe in you because I had to reassure myself of my faith. Sometimes you have to talk to yourself. I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time, but I was reassuring myself of my faith. Then I had to say, Jesus, I love you. I had to reinforce my commitment to him that I still love you. Whatever it is, is I love you. Jesus, I trust you. I had to let go of the circumstances and allow and trust him because I love him that he is going to do what is good for his glory. I trust you. It's good news that joy is not optional in the Christian life because the final weight doesn't fall on our shoulders. It falls on God's shoulders. 
I love this scripture right here. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body of the... Uh, the body, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. It's such a great scripture. This describes you and me as broken jars of clay who have God's radiant joy-filled light shining through us. This verse about joy clearly states that God uses life's problems as proof that our joy through trials is a gift from God and it's not something that we can manufacture. It's not something you can manufacture. If y'all knew my life, my mental states that I've had to go through, y'all would say, that girl should be in a mental institution. I agree. I agree. It's only by God's grace. Only by God's grace. Sometimes life is hard, but we must learn where our joy comes from. And understand that no matter what we face, he already knows it. He already knows what you're going to go through. Every situation in your life, no matter how joyful or how painful it has been, he knows. He knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. In this mature Christianity, this is where we find that our joy has become unwavering. In understanding joy and why it's important, I want you to take a moment and think about the last time you truly were joyful. I want you to think about the last time you had a belly laugh so hard and so long that you couldn't breathe and that tears were rolling down your face. When was the last time that happened? It's been a long time hmm, for some of us. Are you having a hard time remembering? Well, it's time to restore your joy. It's time to restore it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Take the scriptures from today and put your name in them. And begin to speak joy into your life. Begin to speak joy into your home. Begin to speak joy into your relationships. Begin to speak joy into your family. You have the power of life and death in your very mouth. Speak life and joy today. Start today. I want you all to stand with me. I want our prayer partners to come up. We're going to be here to pray with you and ask the Lord to restore the joy of his salvation in your life, that it would be restored I pray that this season for you would be joy, so joy-filled that you're going to stop and think, I can't remember when this season felt so good. It's time for the seasons to change. Amen? It's time to rejoice. It's time to be joyful. It's time to laugh. It's okay to laugh, guys. It really is okay. Let me pray for you. 
Father, I thank you for your message today, God. I thank you that your word is so full of joy, that you have commanded us to be joyful. You have commanded us to rejoice, God. Help us to understand that. Because if we do what we are commanded, there is natural healing that happens in the body. There's natural releases that happen in the body. You've designed us, Father, that our bodies would heal themselves if we do as we are commanded. Father, I just pray that each person here would lean into you, would lean into their joy that you have given them, their joy through you, Father, that they would begin to radiate that joy out to one another. Father, today we rejoice in all that you are doing at Freedom, Father. We thank you for the miraculous. We thank you for the miraculous that is yet to come, God. Expand our faith now by restoring our joy so we can be able to handle what's coming in the future, God. We thank you for that in your mighty name. At Freedom, we want to help you have authentic relationships with God and his people, to have real experiences with the Holy Spirit, and to find lasting freedom. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you through this message, or if you want to make a decision for Jesus, please reach out at freedomdl.com connect. For more info on freedom, including service times and location, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening.